This is the NFC Beast. What's up, guys? I want to welcome you to another episode of the NFC Beast Podcast. Introducing you in order of no particular order because I can't say everybody's name at the same time. Uh, representing your New York Giants, we have Jesse of Bacon Games Podcast and the similarly named Bacon Games Fantasy Sports.com. Hey, did you change that name? Because it was very tongue twister before. <laughs> no, I think it's uh, I think it's for the same. Um, no, I, I think your, your podcast cover up changed, didn't it? Oh, it changed a little bit. Yeah, I just I just cut out the the. Uh, it's just the big games podcast art now and there now. Yeah, that's nice. I was writing it down today. I was like, hey, it used to say fantasy on there, and I it did. Just there and representing the Washington Redskins, uh, your co-host of the Can't Win for Losing podcast. Oh, so sorry, the cheap plug, cheap plug uh, <laughs> of District Divided, a podcast covering everything Washington D.C. sports related. Ahmed Singh. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Boofer. Very much looking forward to talking about the draft. Sweet. So before we get into anything that's related to the NFC East, let's talk about things outside of that. Uh, and I wanted to get your feelings on how you felt about the draft. I come from a world of telecommuting, so I guess I just roll my eyes anytime any people who come outside that world and come inside and are like, oh, you can actually be productive being at home <laughs> and you don't have to spend 12 and a half hours in the office. Also, just because, you know, you work remote, remotely doesn't mean like the whole draft is going to get hacked. I don't know why that was a prop bet. <laughs> uh, but how did you guys feel about anything that you saw about the draft or any slides or early pickups that may have surprised you or anything, any new way you digest the draft? Ahmed, what did you think? Well, for starters, um, you know, given how crazy this year has been, I thought the draft coverage just starting there was really, really good. Um, I really liked that, you know, the Goodell basement thing was interesting, but I thought the breakdowns of each of the picks, seeing the players with their families and getting feeds into all the homes was really cool. Uh, so I really enjoyed all of that. As for uh, picks, you talked about some surprising picks or anything like that. Um, I thought the Jordan Love one was very surprising, but I actually absolutely love it for Green Bay. Um, and there are still plenty of other ones too. Some people slipping like Bryce Hall, for example, from UVA. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed the draft and it was actually, I think a bit more enjoyable than years past. So props to ESPN, NFL network, ABC for putting that on. Do you feel that the Jordan love pickup was just the, the clock down taking against Aaron, or do you believe that's more of a, just, Hey, maybe the next coach that comes in is going to enjoy this and I'll just set him up. Well, so the thing about green Bay, right? I, the reason Jordan love works for green Bay is because, so if you look back to 2005, Brett Favre is playing pretty well. He's talked about retirement a little bit. And in comes Aaron Rodgers, and people are you know up in arms about it. And guess what? They ended up having their quarterback for the next fifteen years. So that's about you know twenty five years or so of having consistent quarterback play, which everyone talks about is so difficult to have. So with a guy like Jordan Love, who is this very raw prospect, but when you look at some of his highlights, he looks like baby Patrick Mahomes. You know, he has time to sit behind one of the best ever to play and he has two years to do it and figure it out and green bay is structured in such a way that they have longevity at all of their positions so matt lafleur is going to be there for a while mike mccarthy they wanted out forever and he was still there so matt lafleur is going to have plenty of time to work with jordan love and i expect jordan love and the packers to be a force by the time he starts starting games 
How about no one being uh, trading up in the top five and just everyone just accepting where the cards lay? Jesse, you did a whole bunch of mock drafts <laughs> I saw before this happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think about something like that? Yeah, um, I was definitely surprised by the lack of trades. Um, I also, real quick, want to second everything that we talked about with Jordan Love. I totally 100% agree. Um, that was a really good pick, and uh, fucking Green Bay should be set for the next, like, 10 years again. Like, they've been set for the past 30 years of quarterback. Well, they're not um, going to be. Uh, they're not going to be a, a quarterback factory like the Eagles said they were going to be. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Um, so I, I, I was surprised that the. Um, I really thought people would be trading up for guys like Judy and Lamb and maybe for Isaiah Simmons, but I guess teams just really felt um, happy where they were and no one wanted to trade out. Like we know we got or we heard rumors of like Detroit possibly trading out, and I think you know at least seventy percent of mock drafts had the Dolphins trading up to get to it, but he just fell to them, so there was no need, I guess, right? So yeah, I, I was definitely surprised at that. There was one trade back, I think, uh, what's not San Diego, God, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, they traded in, but I feel like that was the only one that traded in from like a day two pick to like get a day one pick again. So right. yeah, pretty weird. <clears throat> Miami uh, drafting too, it was plus 110. That was your best one. So I think <laughs> at the end of the day, Vegas figured out there was not going to be any trades. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like it. Yeah, for sure. Digging into the draft itself and how it all unfolded for the NFC East, uh, Ahmed, what would you say your overall grade for the Redskins this year would be? I'd give it probably a B. Uh, so Chase Young, obviously, that pick is an A. And you know, if he's anything close to what people are saying, and some are saying that he's the best prospect they've ever scouted and things like that, he's going to be just fine. He's going to be a highly productive player in the league for a decade plus. If you look at the rest, go wait, ahead. Wait, can we stop being proud of the Redskins for making a great pick at number two? You should be really upset at the Redskins and being in the position to have a number two pick. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, listen. You, you, for it. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's that's the reality of it, but a very excitable fan base in general. Deep down, it is a football town, so they're just happy to have a pick that high and to be able to take a hometown guy. You know, he went to DeMatha High School, so love the pick there. Um, then you look at the rest of it. There are a couple picks where you're not really sure where they're going with it so Antonio Gibson for example joins he's a wide receiver slash running back from Memphis he joins a crowded backfield because people are viewing him as a running back with Peterson guys Bryce Love if you know he's healthy JD McKissick was signed Peyton Barber's it's a very crowded backfield so taking him early in the third round makes me think the Redskins are very high on him and plan to use him in many different ways I like the Sadiq Charles pick from LSU offensive tackle He's got high talent. Now, he does have some disciplinary issues, but that's why you brought in a head coach like Ron Rivera, right? It's his job to make yeah. something like that work. Taking a second-round talent or even first-round talent in the fourth round because of various issues and making that work. The last pick I would say that I really liked, or two rather, Kalik Hudson from Michigan in the fifth round, outside linebacker, and Antonio Gandy-Golden, so two Antonios. Gandy-Golden from Liberty wide receiver. He was 6'4", 223. And so he's just very different from what the wide receivers in Washington currently offer. So very happy with that pick. I'd say because Chase Young is that just AA plus, the rest of the draft, fine. Therefore, it's a B. There are a couple head scratchers there, but overall, B. Nice. Hey, uh, Josh, other than the Giants picking up Trey Crowder and you enjoying the fact I lost my Mr. Irrelevant bet, uh, how do you feel that the the Giants scooped up in this uh, offseason draft? So the Giants' first two picks are really good. Um, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, guys like Jed uh, Jedrick Wills were like the top three tackles, right? 
Um, and they got the one who they like the best. And I don't really have an, an argument with that. Like, I, I think that's fine. Take take the guy that you want. Then around two, getting Xavier McKinney. He was seen as a first round pick, possibly the first safety taken off the board uh, for some people. He was my third safety, but pretty good value for him there. Although I thought he was like kind of a second round pick, early second round. I like those two picks a lot. And then after that, it's kind of not great. Um, Matt Pert, the tackle out of Connecticut. Not really a huge fan of, I've got him as like a C plus prospect. Not really a huge fan. And I, I don't even think they need too much offensive line help. Like, they've invested in offensive line for the past, like, three years. And I think that stuff's finally starting to pan out. And, I mean, they also got Andrew Thomas. So, you know, we, ha- we have a tackle there already. I, I didn't really love the rest of their picks. Um, I like Cam Brown. He was probably one of the last ones that I liked. He was a, got what, a fifth-round pick? A uh, sixth-round pick out of Penn State. I like him a lot. And Tate Crowder, actually, Mr. Irrelevant, like, not... Not a bad pickup for, for last, to be honest. He, he's, I think, better than the rest of their seventh-round picks. So, um, overall... I was hoping for offense. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, what, they got two tackles um, and the rest defense, it seems like? Yeah. yeah. They got they have another... Uh, I think Shane Lemieux is... I have him as interior. Oh, no. He's a guard, I think, right? Out of uh, Oregon? Yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be better to get another position player, but I do like their offense already. I mean, we got Sterling Shepard. We have... Um, Saquon Barkley, I mean, you got set at quarterback, hopefully. Yeah, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, and uh, the guy they drafted last year, who I, who I liked a lot. So they have they have position players that I, th- I think they're um they're pretty happy with going forward. But I uh, I probably give this draft like a C to C plus. Like the the top two definitely carry it, but the rest of the picks are probably not great. That's I think where I'll end up on your mocks. Was it about the same, or did you have did you do a better B, uh, GM? Job. Oh, I definitely did a better GM job. I'm a way better GM. <laughs> Fuck it, man. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I I think I probably t- would have taken Wills at four, but I also probably would have traded down, especially after Detroit had take uh, taken cornerback or taken Akuda. I would have been calling up the LA Chargers and been like, "Hey, do you want Tua? Like, you can have Tua. Just take Tua okay. from us. It's fine. Like, we'll be fine with it. Just give us some picks." Uh, so I would have been on the phone there probably. Um, and going pretty hard after that. Even if I got like a, a first round pick next year, a second round pick next year, and I gave up this one this year, I would do it in almost a heartbeat because you get Andrew Thomas there, no problem. So that's something I would have done. Xavier McKinney is probably close. I think if Winfield was still on the board, I would take take him. I'm, I think he was because he, he got selected by Tampa Bay, I believe. So I would have got a different safety that way. But, you know, those two picks, I'm not going to argue with at all. My previous throw to uh, Jesse was terrible. So I figured out how I'm going to fix that. I'm just going to go ahead and there you go. <laughs> there it is perfect uh is there any other team that you saw in the division that made good or bad picks in your eyes uh other than just uh looking over what the giants did jesse yeah um i like dallas's draft a lot um let me pull up what i have for dallas yeah dallas just kind of let dudes get to them right um the trevon Diggs and the neville gallimore picks i was pretty high on bradley and i that was another good one when we go the eagles kind of had a dumpster fire of a draft i think they got their best guy in (laughs) uh round four with jack driscoll uh was he round four i'm pretty sure he was um but he he was um one of my favorite guys in the second day yeah uh jack driscoll's a fourth arm pick yeah i liked him a lot and also prince Taya winogo he was another guy i really liked too so those are probably their best picks in round four and round six <laughs> the rest of the guys not so much ahmed any other teams you were jealous or uh, envious of uh specifically in the nfc east or just in general yeah. Uh, just sure. If you you got one outside. Sure thing. Sure thing. So uh, just to echo Jesse's comments, I think Dallas did end up having a good draft. I know skins fans will not like to hear that, but (laughs) they ended up getting CD lamp. Now I wasn't particularly high on CD lamp, but to get him at pick 17 as the third receiver off the board, I think is very good value. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Zeke, 
And then they got Tyler Biadish, okay, in the fourth round. And that was a trade with Philadelphia. So I'm a bit mad at the Eagles for, you know, Travis Frederick, center for the Cowboys, retires. And I think they ended up getting a very good replacement. Now, I mean, we're talking about a solid Big Ten lineman from Wisconsin. He was projected to be a first or second round pick entering the season. And the only reason it dropped a little bit is because of some injuries, some dings. So overall, I think he's going to be a very good player for them. The Trayvon Diggs, you hate to see a guy from home, you know, from the DMV area go to Dallas. Um, So I really liked their draft as much as I hate to say it. Um, The Eagles, to echo Jesse again. So Jack Driscoll and Prince Tega Wanogu, both being Auburn bookend tackles, um, or Jack Driscoll's a guard, I'm sorry, but just having two-fifths of your line over there and guys that are familiar with each other, I like when that happens. And Davion Taylor, I think, is a really, really good pick from Colorado outside linebacker in the third round. I really wanted the Skins to pick him up in that fourth round, but just a few picks before the Eagles managed to snag him. So those two teams, I like them, but specifically Dallas's. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that uh, Josh, our friend over at the Missing Link podcast, once Dallas picked up CeeDee Lamb, he was very, let's say, vocally upset on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He was hoping that the Eagles would have traded up for him, mm-hmm. and uh, how Howie is really just really screwing up the first two days of the draft. But the thing, but the thing you have to understand, Boofer, is it's a quarterback-driven league, and the Philadelphia Eagles nailed it with the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round. Um, there's no hope for Carson Wentz, and they correctly diagnosed that and got him a ton of weapons as well. So you've got to be very pleased if you're an Eagles fan. Jalen Hurts is your future. Sometimes you just have too much money lying around. You'll just give it to anybody in your in your building at the time, and then go get more people to do the same job. You can never have enough quarterbacks. Apparently, never what were they thinking? What were they thinking? Right, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. No, I but seriously, know, on yeah. yeah, I mean, seriously, on the CD Lamb pick, like he he fits in perfectly. I'm not a huge CD Lamb uh, CD Lamb guy either, but um, he's gonna fit in perfect to um to the role that. Randall Cobb had slotted into last year, and he was actually a pretty big part of the offense. Um, I know, I know the two outside receivers got a lot of love, but Randall Cobb was really important for the offense. So getting a guy like CeeDee Lamb who can actually, you know, go deep and actually play out of the slot, like I don't think Cobb could really do that often, is I think really important and going to really catapult this offense to even higher heights than it went last year, which probably isn't good for the rest of the and it's easy to hear, but it's the truth. <laughs> Sliding in that same sentiment, right? Uh, I think one of the best tweets I saw, I don't think you saw it, Ahmed, but uh, I definitely saw it because Jesse saw it. Uh, some guy tweeted out asking, and it's probably the greatest troll uh, job I've seen in a while. He, he asked, if Joe Burrows or Tua were to a- available at 41, which one the Steelers should pick? And everyone went ballistic on this guy. <laughs> I can't handle that, that shit. I can't handle is that there, bait. Is there that anybody... Bait. Is there was there anybody that was your guy taken by another team? Oh yeah, cool. Kristen Fulton is one of my guys for sure. He was he was taken. Um, and I mean the Jaguars had three selections to get him and they couldn't take him. That was really upsetting to me. Yeah, another guy like Geno Stone who went in the last round. I'm pretty sure he was a seventh round pick. He was a guy I was paying attention to in like the fourth round. That I thought he'd go there. That was um disappointing to see, especially since that a position of need that the Jaguars actually drafted into. I know we're going a little bit off the off the rails in the Jaguars, but <laughs> that's another one I was really interested in. I, I'm a, I heard a hoof from you. I believe that means that you have a guy that was taken off your board that you would like to sign goo to the Redskins. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you see what the Eagles are doing at wide receiver. You see what the Cowboys are doing at wide receiver. And no, the NFL is not a reactionary league, but it's quite clear that corner is a need for this team. And mm-hmm. Bryce Hall has been available for way too long. I don't understand why. It was one injury this season. Just to put it in perspective, 
uh, Benjamin Robinson, a guest of mine on District Divided, um, runs grindingthemocks.com. And so I decided to look at that because Bryce Hall, UVA corner, okay, so he's in our backyard, was supposed to be the 12th overall pick entering this season. Mm-hmm. And then the moment he got hurt, and he was projected to be the 20th overall, so first round talent the whole way, he gets hurt, and honestly, people just forgot about him. Last year, he was first team all ACC, second team all American, and he's there in the fifth round. And instead, we go with Keith Ismail, a backup center, maybe even a third string center. He can play guard as well. But in that round, in your backyard, you can get a corner that can actually end up being a very productive player for you moving forward. And I was just so disappointed that the Redskins let that guy go. I expect him to do great things with the New York Jets. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that for sure, hundred percent. Bryce Hall, hundred percent went too far. You need to check out that uh, website, mocking the mocking the or grinding the uh, grinding the mocks dot com. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, uh, he Anna he pulls in a whole bunch of different mock drafts. I'm sure he picked yours in there, Jesse. And <laughs> you can see a whole bunch of you. It's it just plots out everywhere where you see guys are supposed to go and anything like that. That's, I used it a little yeah. bit to see uh, where to bet over and unders on. Uh, mm-hmm. who's gonna get yeah, I should definitely check that out. Absolutely. Did you see anything you need to watch out for the upcoming season on your team or in the division? Um, if we if we do the Giants, I I just this this is going to be a pretty big test year for their offense. They have all young players under on rookie deals pretty much. If mm-hmm. if they can't put it together this year, especially I mean Daniel Jones is going to his second year, sure that's fine. But if they can't put together a solid yeah. like top twenty offense, you might have to consider letting guys like Evan Ingram grow and Evan Ingram go and starting over from scratch. It's a big year for the offense. The defense is obviously not going to be very good. I think Giants fans know that, and or at least I hope they should know that. But the offense is going to be a big test for sure. How many years into Eli's career before he won the Super Bowl? It wasn't that many. It couldn't. Uh, Two thousand four, he was drafted, right? And they won in two thousand eight. So yeah, I think that sounds right. Right? Is that four years? Three, yeah, three more years. Three more years for the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> or they could draft a guy like Jalen Hurts next next year, and then just move on. <laughs> they'll be totally Possible. fine. <laughs> have the Redskins have anything upcoming this season that we need to look out on? Well, obviously you need to look out for the progression of Dwayne Haskins. They've now put other weapons around him as well. Again, and Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy Golden. So again, that's the right. Oh, excuse me. Running back wide receiver from Memphis and wide receiver from Liberty. And I think you have to look at Sadiq Charles. Again, that's a very interesting pick. We had just traded Trent Williams, right? So now he's with the 49ers, fifth round pick this year, third round next year. Sadiq Charles has a huge opportunity to take over that left tackle spot if he ends up playing well in camp. So I want to see if he ends up taking over. And again, just which weapon aside from Terry McLaurin emerges as a threat for the Washington Redskins. Very curious to see how that works out. Again, intrigued by Antonio Gibson and Antonio Gandy Golden. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that wasn't Anthony? Oh man, you saw that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I told Gabby. I, I told Gabby. I said, "Here's your new favorite Washington Redskin wide receiver." And Never gonna her, forget his name. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said his name, she smiled from ear to ear. I was like, "I knew that would make you happy." <laughs> I I also feel like one of the one of the things the Redskins or Redskins fans should be looking out for is the combination of of Sweat and uh, and Chase Young. Like that is going to be a duo to watch for. Like if if they don't become the new. Uh, or the presumptive new Chubb and uh, 
um, and Von Von Miller, like you'll be, we'll be disappointed, right, in Washington. Like I'm excited you, for those two. No, you're absolutely right, Jesse. And thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, every single time the Skins are on defense, you better watch that front four <laughs> because oh, yeah. you know for the amount of talent they've put and invested into that line and those backers. Yeah, you better hope that they are some sort of dynamic duo, and I fully expect them to be. Again, Montez Sweat had a very good year last year, and mm-hmm. so trading away this year's second round pick honestly was worth it to get a guy like that flies a bit under the radar chase young if he ends up living up to half of what he's supposed to be he's going to be excellent and then matt ionitis is the unsung hero of that defensive line he gets doubled on every single play and no one seems to know who he is for some reason so with him occupying two it should get chase montez one-on-one ryan kerrigan still there don't forget and jonathan allen to ron Payne can eat so i fully expect that defensive line to live up to the building and do what they're here to do get after the quarterback and stuff those running backs i uh canceled the order for the cleveland cleveland jersey Ahmed. i'm uh, sorry I, yeah <laughs> put in the order for the young 99 jersey for you you should get it you're extra small at some point i don't know when it would be but it'll, it's in the mail did you send that nasty gram to minnesota yet for taking ezra cleveland <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> oh man. I, I wanted to. I I also wanted to add them for taking, or, or no, I wanted to add them for dodging a bullet with Trent Williams. Also, yeah. I mean, well, no, Trent Williams. Don't get me wrong. I think he is. He's a warrior at the end of the day, and he's going to fit what Kyle Shanahan wants to do to a T. Mm-hmm. I the 49ers got a lot better during the draft. They're one of the winners of the draft because they got Trent Williams. So I don't think yeah, they dodged a bullet at all. Right? Amazing like, day three pick and the value they got. Amazing. I also won that bet on that. Trent wouldn't get signed on day two. Mm-hmm. That was a hundred percent lock in my nice. eyes that he was going to happen. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. It was more of, it was more of, I guess the agent. Oh, Vince Taylor. Oh, dude. I'm, I'm shocked. He's still his agent right now. That was Mm. so bad. Although I guess Trent again is happy to be with the San Francisco 49ers, but that mess with the Minnesota Vikings about, Oh no, we didn't refute the, you know, we didn't say no to them and everybody is coming out. I think my mom came out and said, yeah, no, they refuted that. They definitely did not (laughs) say that they were cool with it. Maybe it's just because Hainsworth has put a bad taste in your mouth for just big guys in DC doing terrible contracts. And then you're right. Maybe I'm giving Trent a little bit of a stick here just because the only reason he sat out was for himself to begin with. But I guess it's just the agent made it look even worse. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it was just a training staff issue where he felt he was misdiagnosed. And so he retaliated by saying, hey, I don't want to play here anymore. Uh, But when when he's in, he is a force. So excellent, excellent signing for the San Francisco 49ers. But when he's in, he's just laying on his stomach, staring at the play. Go by. <laughs> oh, wait, <that> was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Do you, Ahmed, uh, speaking of this, do you have any bold predictions for inside the NFC? Anything NFC East related do you, could you think of so far? Uh, yeah, I can. I'm going to tell you that I think um, two things. One, I expect Dwayne Haskins to take a big step this season. His final four games were actually very, very good. Initially, when I saw the games against Philadelphia Eagles and New York Giants, or I saw the stat lines, I went, you know what? They're bad pass defenses. I don't look much into that. But having rewatched yes. the games, I would say yes. he did show significant. Go listen to his last podcast because Ahmed went and rewatched all the last games play by play and gave you a recap like you're listening to the radio. Yeah, I appreciate the plug there. And he he did show significant progression where he's going through multiple reads. He's manipulating the pocket. I expect him to have a much better season. And that allows that defensive line, 
again, Chase Young and those boys to be able to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So I expect the Redskins to do very well. I also expect the Philadelphia Eagles, they've put all this, they're trying to be the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They got Jalen Rigger, they got Marquise Goodwin, they got uh, Hightower, they got all these guys, these speed guys, and they want to be able to just run as if it's a track meet. I actually don't think Carson Wentz is the most accurate quarterback. This could just be my own eye test. I think he overthrows at times. I expect them to regress a little bit and not actually be as good as people make them out to be. When we talked earlier about Dwayne Hoskins and I said I didn't really have that much in him and when you said Allen was coming in and there was going to be a competition at that and I was like, all right, maybe Allen might come in and do something. But then when I listened to you talk about play-by-play, I was like, I started coming around. I don't know what it am I am I a sucker for just listening and going, I'm a nosy talking about this guy. It's not all his fault. Yeah, no, it seemed like, again, he was a guy that lacked confidence at the very beginning. I mean, he threw four interceptions when he first came in in relief for the Giants game. Jesse would know that, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. But since then, since he started games, and those final two home games and even that Panthers game, he looked good. He really did. And he looked like he was stepping into throws, and he looked more comfortable in the pocket. He stopped taking those really bad sacks. He starts throwing the ball away. He looked like a veteran more and more as each week progressed. Jesse? What about on your side? Is there anything, any bold prediction in the NFC East you see when your eyes? Yeah, um, I could get two. I think it. I don't know how bold this is, but I think that it's well within the realm of possibility that the NFC East has two playoff teams, and one of them is the Giants, um, hmm. and the other one is the Cowboys, probably. And oh. I also think the Cowboys could go to the Super Bowl. Uh, so I got a lot. To, I got a lot to go on there. But really, like the Cowboys had such a great draft, um, and they already had a pretty complete team. They should have won more more games than they actually won last year. They should have won, I think, like eleven or twelve games. I think some, something along those lines, and they only ended up winning what like nine, right? So I, I mean, they have one of the best passing attacks in the league. They had one of the best passing attacks in the league last year with one of the best offensive lines in the league. Pretty good receiving core now. Pretty good receiving core last year, but I think better now with CD, and uh, you know, getting another year with with Dak under center. So, and, and, and I mean, we're talking about offense wins championships. I think that's true. We saw Kansas City do that. We've seen Tom Brady win six championships, and he's, you know, had help on defense, but he, he, he is the heart and soul of that team, or he was the heart and soul of that team. Not anymore. But yeah, I really think Dallas, if they have a good offense and they have a pretty complete defense, they, they could be Super Bowl contenders, I think, pretty easily. And I don't think the Eagles, I'm going to echo again what we just talked about, I, I don't think they're they're likely to be a playoff team again. They have too many holes I think on the defense still even with the additions they made I like Darius Slay a lot but I'm not convinced that their defense is going to be able to hold up or be any better than it was last year so yeah I think that's that's pretty um presumptive or I, I don't know the word that's pretty bold um but yeah I mean I'm excited for those teams yeah the, the Giants being a playoff team I think is a bold prediction for sure because it does depend on what you think of Daniel Jones um but going to the Cowboys sorry to quickly steal that moderator tag oh. Boofer but <laughs> I was curious I was curious about what you think of Dak Prescott Jesse yeah I like Dak a lot I've gone through things with with my buddy where we just like listed all the quarterbacks and we try we try and put them on like tier lists just like in our head or just when we're like chilling and talking I think Dak's probably like a top 10 quarterback. I probably wouldn't put him top five, but he's probably around like eight, nine or 10. I think the offensive line does a lot for him. I think Amari Cooper does a lot for that offense in terms of stretching the field, even though he has a lot of drops. Yeah, I, I really like, I, I like Dak enough. I don't think he's better than Wentz, but Wentz doesn't nearly have as much help as, as Dak does. So, you know, that, that that's where it shows up on the stats, right? Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that that's kind of how I feel about him. Okay, cool. Well, how do you feel? Uh, 
we're, we're taking uh, over. We're done. We're taking yeah, over. No, no, no. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, I, I guess the reason – so when you said Dallas goes to the Super Bowl, um, and maybe this is just the DC homer in me and the whole I hate Dallas uh, thing <laughs> starting to come through, I don't see it. Uh, only because okay, – I think Zeke is that dude. I think Amari Cooper is good but disappears um, in big games. He was benched. You know, if we remember that on yeah. you know their biggest on the biggest stage, they needed a play. He was benched. Um, CD Lamb, I think, is going to be good for them, like you said. But I think I'm just not that high on Dak Prescott. I'm not sure he can make those big plays to keep advancing them through deep rounds of the playoffs. Now, again, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now are there. Tom Brady knows how to do that, and the New Orleans Saints are always there. So, and Seattle, Russell Wilson is proven. So I don't know about the Super Bowl, but yeah, I. They definitely will win the division, in my opinion, this year. They are far and away the best team. Um, I like your Giants playoff take. I do think Daniel Jones is going to have a good second year. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Dallas is a Super Bowl contender. I'm not 100% sold, but I, I guess I can understand it. Yeah, I mean, also with the Giants, too, it, it's pretty much about their offense. If their offense can click, and that's a pretty big if, like I give that like a 20% chance of happening. If they click enough and, and are like a top five, top 10 offense, um, yeah, I mean, anything can happen. And Saquon's, I still think, the best running back in the league. I think he's better than McCaffrey, but it, I don't even think it's that close, to be honest. Saquon is, is an out-there talent. Totally agree. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I think if Daniel Jones is able to put it together with the offensive uh, group they have, at position players, if they don't get hurt, they could be really special. And again, they've pumped a lot of draft picks and a lot of draft capital, a lot of money in Nate Solder to make the offensive line good and if that can come together too um it'll be a really scary offense I think but their defense is pretty bad so I don't really expect them to win the division I don't think they have the the best team uh like roster on the on the books or whatever um but yeah I I, I think they it's possible to put it together <laughs> you know we we've seen weirder things and we've seen Giants teams nine and seven make the playoffs and win Super Bowl so we'll see fair enough to, to speak on how much homerism there is in D.C., uh, <laughs> Jesse, you have to understand. Mm-hmm. The Redskins beat the last team in the division. They could be playing a home game and lose 47 to nothing. And when they exit the stadium, if they're playing Dallas the next, uh, the next game, all you will hear coming down the, the ramps is we want Dallas. Just chanting <laughs> as loudly as possible. The best, make- the best players have amnesia. The best teams have amnesia. You lose that last game, don't worry about it. You're 0-0 zero zero now. Let's go. Apparently, the worst fans have amnesia too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So my notes are terrible, right? I totally meant to ask this earlier when we talked about the draft and who picked up and everything. But one of the best things about being not drafted in the late rounds is just not being drafted at all. That way, you get to pick uh, who you'd like to sign for. You know, that is, if there's anyone looking to sign you to begin with. It was noticeably obvious with uh, ESPN spanning me that uh, Thaddeus Moth got signed by the Redskins. <laughs> How do you feel about that pickup? I like it a lot. Um, I think, well, so he didn't drop a pass, you know, in 2019. So obviously you like that he's shorthanded. The championship pedigree he has playing at LSU, you got to love that as well. And it, tight end was a position of need. And frankly, people wanted the Redskins to address that in the draft. Now, it wasn't the strongest tight end class, in my opinion. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't hate that they didn't take any of the tight ends, but to get mm-hmm. Thaddeus Moss as an undrafted free agent, um, and again, you got Sadiq Charles in the building, you got Darius Geis in the building, there are other LSU guys there. Uh, so I think it's a good situation for him, and also it's a very weak department. No offense to you know 
Jeremy Sprinkle and Hill Hentges, they're fine. Yeah. And Logan, you know, Logan Thomas is there now too. But it's still there are a lot of question marks surrounding that position. So I really like picking up Thaddeus Moss. Good frame, good size. Um, and I think he can make some plays for this team. I thought he'd be a great pickup to get and even get in at a number two spot, especially in the Redskins. Yeah, I would totally agree with that assessment there, Boofer. I forgot to look at the Giants because I'm a terrible moderator. Uh, Jesse, was there anybody that uh, the, the Giants picked up that you saw that or, or not? Not um, to throw this out to you. In, no, it's good. It. It's, it's fun. I wasn't I wasn't super excited about any of the guys the Giants picked up. Rhode Island's Kyle Murphy seems interesting. He's can, he can play a lot of places. I the small the small school guys I like picking up as undrafted free agents because you don't have to spend any draft capital on them. You can see what they can do when they actually play against competition that mm-hmm. is you know to the NFL NFL talent NFL caliber. There's also Derek Dillon who ran God he ran what, a four four two nine forty seems pretty good. He didn't really play a lot uh, in LSU, but still that could be interesting. So those are the two guys I think I would look at the most. I'm I wasn't really excited about any of the guys they signed though to be honest steaming full ahead right here i'm not going to ask you for your season predictions because it's way too early (laughs) but and and we've not even gotten to the preseason yet right but what you've seen so far and i know we haven't cut down the roster to 53 let's let's try maybe i should save this off but i think i think it's fun that you at least go with the first quarter of the season and try to get a feel do you have an idea what you think your team will do within the first quarter uh record wise uh, Ahmed. Oh, sure. Yeah, Ahmed. Yeah, oh, no, no, you're, you're, you're totally fine. Um, Everybody say it at once. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, NFL schedule, um, you know, I think once we see that, it'll be much clearer. But if I had to guess just on average based on opponent, um, I could see the Redskins being, I could honestly see them getting off to a bit of a quick start. I could see them getting off to a three and one start uh, because I do think the offense is going to click this year. I do think the defense is much improved. And again, Jack Del Rio, Ron Rivera are defensive guys. They know what they want. They're very experienced in the league. I fully expect that that defense is going to wake up and they addressed it in the draft as well. So I expect them to get off to a bit of a quick start also because I expect Dwayne Haskins, he has had a media filled off season where everyone is myself included, you know, talking about Tua Tango Vailoa, for example, and Cam Newton's being rumored, Jameis Winston's being rumored. He gets the opportunity to shut people up. And yeah, he gets the opportunity to shut people up and go play ball and continue to take the steps that he did at the end of the season last season. I fully expect him to do so. The addition of Antonio Gibson or, you know, maybe using Bryce Love a bit more out of the backfield will make it much easier for him. He did very, very well at Ohio State when he had a running back out of the backfield that could have that quick dump off pass. And Scott Turner likes that from his time with the Carolina Panthers and Christian McCaffrey. So I expect the Redskins to have a simplified offense that ends up getting off to a very fast start, and that defense will take over from there. Ahmed, you should have uh, written this question for me. That is absolutely the better way to describe <laughs> what I was really asking for. Not to give me a 3-0 prediction, but more of to give me, do you think your team will come out of the gate running, or do you think it's going to take a while to ramp up to something? Well, I think our our years of chemistry have uh, have shown themselves there, as I knew what you wanted me to tell you and so that's what i went ahead and did <laughs> we're virtually holding hands that's, yeah. that's how it works. <laughs> jesse how do you think the giants are going to start the season off is it going to be a little sluggish uh, to go with or you think it's going to just come out of the gate just winning games i mean i i think the giants you know they, they kept a lot of the position players and, and a lot of the, the core team from last year on the offense which i think is the most important part that's why i'm hammering at home a bunch 
So as long as those guys aren't injured, which hopefully they won't be at the beginning of the year, they should get off to a hot start too, I think. Yeah, I'm really loving the offensive line as long as it's not hurt. Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, if they're not hurt, that'll be pretty sweet. So I I would guess, you know, we don't know who they, who, who anyone's playing yet at the beginning or the end of the season. We have, you know, who, who they're going against some somewhere in the season, but I'm hoping they can get off to a hot start because they're going to need it. I mean, they're really going to need it if they're going to make any kind, of, any kind of run. I still don't, like, personally expect them to be that much better than, like, a six-win team. I think that's probably where they are. I think there's, again, like, a 20% chance this all clicks. I like their free agent signings because they were you know, on pretty good deals, but I don't think the defense is there yet. So I can't see them being, you know, close to seven wins really, but you know, that's possible. Like I said, they could be a playoff team, but I, I think if we're looking at it right now, and this is a pretty good time to look at it. Like the draft is fresh in our heads. Uh, free agency is pretty fresh. You know, we don't really have anything else going on until the season starts. So I think six is probably good for me right now is where, or where I get to for the giants, but it could definitely be more. I think it could pretty easily be more. Do you have any uh, final wrap it all up thoughts that you needed to just expel out to everybody to hear about? Is there any like main thought that uh, is going through your head right now? Uh, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> yeah. Why did the Eagles have such a bad draft? Like what happened? Like what do we, like, what, what do we think? Like, re- like really though, like I, like wh- why did they take a backup quarterback? Do you, do you think they're like trying to taste some Hill like uh, Jalen hurts? Like what, what do you think the deal is? I, need, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if they're <laughs> trying to, to flip him. I'm just, I'm very, very confused by that pick because, by all accounts, again, they gave Carson Wentz over a hundred million dollars, sixty-six million guaranteed, or something along those lines. So, mm-hmm. very confusing to me why they did that. And they took to me way too many wide receivers. I understand what they're trying to do, but they still have plenty of other holes that they need to fill and address. And so. I don't know. It was a very strange draft. I just, I didn't really understand it from the Eagles perspective. Again, I love Davion Taylor. I love Jack Driscoll and Prince, you know, as those uh, players that I think will immediately contribute. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just, I don't know. That was so bizarre. Um, The one, the one thing I want to say again, if the league is paying attention, I'm talking to the other 31 teams aside from the Green Bay Packers. This (laughs) is how you get your quarterback. It's not a year before it can be a year before but if you have that stability at head coach, for example, like Matt LaFleur, we know he's going to be there for a while because previous coaches have been there forever. When you have a good quarterback, get your next one that's very, very raw but has an incredibly high ceiling and give him two years. Not one. Give him two because it gives him all the time in the world to get to know that system and come in and set the world on fire. Absolutely loved it. Again, that Jordan Love pick frightens me. And I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be really, really good. This also reminds your curtain quarterback that the time's ticking. You know what? You want to get one last one in. It's time to start doing it now. Stop dicking around. Stop breaking up with your girlfriends and getting married. Let's let's go win a championship real quick before you call it. You hang up the cleats. Mm. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a total win-win. Yeah, I mean, we also like you know you, you talked about how um, Jordan Love is is in the mold of Pat Mahomes, right? Uh, I mean, Mahomes waited a year before he came out too. Like these guys need need a year at least to sit on the bench in order for them to to get acquainted with the system and and to learn from the quarterbacks that they play they play behind right like it, it's a total win for them i also like aj dylan a lot i thought second round was pretty um pretty i don't know not good value <laughs> i guess that's the best way to put it but i still think he's a really good running back he was like my fourth or fifth guy during during the draft so i, I didn't hate the pick uh, like most people did but yeah um i also think for the draft i, I so i'm going through like my grades now and i'm, I'm doing my write-up now and 
I'm just thinking teams that went best player available, like Dallas, like Baltimore, won the draft. Like they just they just win the draft. And I think more teams need to just do that, especially teams like the Cardinals and the Giants who have so many needs. They just need to go BPA and not care at all, even if they have like even if it makes it a competition. I just I just need to get that out there too, because that that seems to be the case. I do have a bit of a dark horse uh, as well, which is actually I thought Arizona did have a good one. I know you're not high mm-hmm. on Isaiah Simmons, uh, Jesse, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. but but I think he again can do a lot of things for that defense. Like George Kittle's in that division, for example, he can help guard him. He's still talented enough to be able to do that. Josh Jones, they got great value in the yes, third round. That is true. Um, and then Eno Benjamin, the running back out of Arizona mm-hmm. State, he worked a lot with Ladanian Tomlinson, and watching some of his film, it shows. I expect him to actually do some very, very nice things out of that Arizona backfield because when you have a mobile quarterback, the running back tends to benefit as well. It's sort of one of those bizarre things where you think, oh, maybe you just stack the box a little bit, but Kyle Murray can hurt you. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, he's got Larry Fitzgerald, and he's got just Kenyon Drake as well. They're just a multitude of different weapons. Um, Christian Kirk, I, I really expect Arizona to do well. I like their draft. Yeah, Fotu is also a guy I really like too. He's a huge defensive interior guy. I was a pretty big fan of him. Probably he went in the fourth round even too. So he's another guy. I, I did like the the picks. I just if they if they took anyone besides Isaiah Simmons, I think I really would have liked the Cardinals draft. Totally fair, and and I agree with Baltimore. I think they did go best player best player available a bunch of the time, and they got some really really good players. J.K. Dobbins fits perfectly. Patrick Queen, amazing inside linebacker. I really like mm-hmm. what they did. Do you have an opinion on Malik Harrison? He's one of the guys that I liked a lot, the linebacker out of Ohio State. Admittedly, um, I don't know enough about him, so yeah. I don't have an opinion on him, but what did you like about him? Yeah, I, I just thought he <laughs> he played... It's it's hard to, to really quantify with linebackers, because so, especially in the Raven system, because I think he's not going to be an outside linebacker for them, because they play a 3-4, right? So he'll be like a middle mm-hmm. linebacker, yep. um, is, is my understanding. I just thought he was everywhere, and the kind of guy that, that Baltimore could really use as, as a tackling machine even. But a lot of linebacking cores in the league overall, besides like edge guys, I think are pretty lacking. And I thought Malik Harrison is is very pro-ready is another thing too that I really liked about him. So I'm I'm excited for him uh, him on, on, on the Ravens. I thought he was just a really good value day three, or uh, round three, excuse me. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to go into the draft list, hit as much as I can. I, I watched the entire draft. Well, okay, so uh, if we're going to show our hand, I watched most of the draft-a-thon where all the celebrities were coming on on the Zoom call, and then I heard all the draft picks come in. But I feel that I watched the draft, but now I feel smarter by listening to you guys talk about the draft for some reason. It doesn't make any sense. But there's one thing I do have a little bit of conflict with is that you don't have to just go draft a quarterback a couple years earlier. Everybody knows that you can just go down to the local supermarket and just grab a guy and then bring him in and just rally around him and win Super Bowls. Everybody knows that. Everybody Damn, knows. You figured it out, man. When are you getting your GM job, dude? Oh, man. Uh, as soon as I get fired from the pig. <laughs> well, actually, thinking about it, I think the Packers did it two years early because given everything's closed right now, you can't go to that supermarket and get that quarterback. You can't do that right now. It's too difficult. You guys are so smart. Oh, my God. Quarterbacks are essential personnel. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is very true. Stock in your shelf now. They're out there (laughs) running your offenses. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, So, guys, we're we're coming up on, like, uh, I don't know. We we did a lot here, especially when we didn't have a third party on like I wished we had. But I would like to give a shout-out to Josh McNutt of the Missing Link podcast. Go check out his podcast. Everything that we weren't able to get about an answer about the Eagles, he's definitely going to have on his podcast. 
Uh, I will give the floor to you, Jesse, to plug everything you got. Appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, okay, no problem. I think the best thing y'all can do is follow me on uh, on Twitter at E-S-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L. It's just a Bacon Games Fantasy Sports Twitter account. I have a, a website, Bacon Games Fantasy Sports. I've got a podcast, Bacon Games Podcast. So check me out on all that stuff. All Bacon Games all the time. <laughs> sure. Uh, Amit, plug everything you got. Sure thing. So once again, name is Amit Singh. I run District Divided, which is a weekly podcast covering DC sports. Right now it's everything Washington Redskins because that's what's going on. You can follow me on Twitter at District Divided. And same thing for Instagram, District Divided. And uh, yeah, I'm available anywhere you can find a podcast, basically. Spotify, iTunes, Google, you name it. I'm there. And I am your host, Buford T. Justice. I run a podcast called Can't Win for Losing. If you'd love to hear things that are not as much sports related, but me bitching with my girlfriend about everything. And then also uh, listening to me lose all my money on all the different bets I make. That's where you got to go. And actually, uh, I try to it's try, I try to make it more Sesame Street for betting. Right. So people who are not into betting can get into betting if they want, or at least do it proxy through me. Is it also for uh, kids? It's it's all <laughs> hey, if you don't mind uh your kids, if no earmuffs, that's it's fine. <laughs> I do I'm surprised I didn't use any today. Well he was betting on those uh Jerry Judy tweets about uh Elmo and Big Bird and hitting the under. I don't know if you guys saw those. So <laughs> so many big birds. I he just went uh, like a whole day just going was he just drunk just thinking about big bird i didn't understand. my hot take is that he was totally sober and he just had a you know just a bit of uh, streamlined consciousness right there i enjoyed it <laughs> i gotta go check to make sure there wasn't a telethon on that day like a <laughs> <laughs> on in the background oh man all right i think this wraps it up i have no outro music because i'm that lazy <laughs> <laughs> no totally fair and- we will catch you next time. All right. Sounds good. Boofer, thanks so much for hosting. And Jesse, always a pleasure chatting with you, man. Yeah, same. Same all around. All right. Click and subscribe, bitches. I probably might take that out. Click and subscribe. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I like the bitches part.